Hello, and welcome to episode nine of Till Death Do Us Part. I'm Daniel. And I'm Melissa. All right, we made it. We made it. This is part three, the final act of the Greg and Pamela Smart case. It's been a long act. I am so done. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really, really done with this case. Can't people just kill each other quickly? Right. Why do you dramatically? Why do they have to drag it on? Just admit to it, take your punishment, and move on. Yeah. That's what we're learning. When we kill each other, we're going to have to do it more efficiently. Yeah, and just move on. Move on to the next one. The (laughs) next killing? (laughs) The next murder. Murder. Of your spouse. The next spouse. Yes. So when I left you guys last time, I had gone through the day of the actual murder and then kind of the what happened after that. And the boys have still not been arrested yet yet but the police knew that they couldn't just go after the boys they also had to go after pamela's intern cecilia pierce yeah so this might be a little bit of a long one but that's because there's so much that happens you guys that i just don't feel right leaving anything out that'll make more sense yeah so daniel yeah do you have any questions about last time no no. I forgot what happened. <laughs> oh my gosh. <laughs> It'll come back to me. It'll come back to you when I start reading. Yeah. Okay. Well, here we go. Early Monday, June 11th, 1990, the police were finally working on a search and, a wet and arrest warrants for Billy Flynn, J.R. Latimer, Pete Randall, and Raymond Fowler. So these are the four boys that were all involved somehow in the the murder of Greg. Now, Billy Flynn was the one who shot him. And Pete Randall was the one who was also in the condo during that time. Okay. And was the one that wanted to be the assassin when he grew up. Right, right. And J.R. Latimer, he's the one that drove the car. And Raymond Fowler was the one that was just along for the ride. Because who wouldn't want to be along for that ride? <laughs> Not yeah. me. We Not always me. tell our kids that like, okay, if this something's off, you're with a bunch of kids or something when you get older, just that's every, I think that's every parent's hope is that their kids will just not get in on that ride. Right. Or say, hey, you know what? Can you, can you pull over? I think this is the epitome of a bad ride to just, yeah, I'm just going to go along for the ride and see what happens. Yeah, yeah. All right. Drop me off at that 7-Eleven over there and oh I'll call my parents from the payphone to come get me. Yep. Around a quarter to five that same day, Cecilia was brought in for an interview. Cecilia stated that she knew nothing of the murder and denied that she knew anything about Pam's affair with Billy. So she was just denying all over the place. And remember, she's now she's 16. Gotcha. She did repeat a fabricated story that Pam told her to tell the police that Cecilia and Billy had gone over to Pam's condo back in February to record a scene for their orange juice commercial of Greg riding his ATV. (laughs) (laughs) 
just in case Billy's fingerprints were found in the apartment or in the condo. Cecilia would not give them anything else. Like she was lying. They could tell she was lying. She was very defiant. Like she had her arms crossed across. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you just hit your mic. I set my mic. I was trying to cross <laughs> trying my trying to arms. act it out. So yes, yeah, she had her arms crossed. Her legs were crossed. She would like wouldn't even look at them. Was looking at the ceiling. Wow. Yeah. What a defiant child. Yeah. And she just kept insisting that she didn't know anything and that they had to let her go. Oh, boy. Which they did. They let her go. By 8 p.m. that night, they had the search warrants and arrest warrants for all of the boys. Nice. They still didn't have much evidence. They just wasn't wasn't happening. Yeah. Yeah. The police went to JR's home and Pete's home searching for the duffel bag and the bullets. But the items weren't there. They just couldn't find him. You know what else wasn't there? What? Billy, Pete, or JR. Oh, right. They weren't there that's, either. That's a big piece of the evidence they need to recover. Yeah. And Raymond was still in Maine. So Raymond's kind of out of sight, out of mind right now. And he split, right? He split. Right out of the gate. He left right gotcha. after. Okay. Yeah. So he's a little out of sight, out of mind. He'll come back into play later. But do you know where they were? Nope. They were at the movies. <laughs> Of course they were. Guess what movies they saw? This is going to bring you back. Oh, my gosh. In the 80s, yeah. 90s. Well, no, 89, this was, 90. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I have no idea. Okay. Total Recall. Oh, perfect. Yes, please. And Another 48 Hours, which is one of the only... What is that? When it's a second movie? Sequel. Jeez no. Louise. Yes, it's a sequel. sequel yeah, okay. Why can't I think of that? I don't know. Because you're trying. Okay. If I tried, I wouldn't remember it either. I know, right? Then you'd have to answer. It's one of the only good sequels. That's what I'm here I for. Think. Another 48 hours. Check it out. So they, they did all this and then decided they would go watch those movies. Yeah. Knowing they were cops are probably coming for them. They were still kids. So wow. then right. the best thing to do was to go to the movies. Sure. Patricia Randall, Pete's mom... And Diane Latimy, JR's mom, offered to go get the boys and bring them to the police station. Okay. They found them in the arcade of the movie theater. (laughs) Yeah. As they were all driving to the station, JR said, when this all comes out, this is going to be the biggest story to ever hit the seacoast. Wow. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. The boys which were just Billy, J.R., and Pete, they were placed under arrest at around 10 p.m. that night, Monday night. They were initially charged with juvenile delinquency, which would, um, which when charged as adults would become first-degree murder for Billy and accomplice to first-degree murder for Pete and J.R. Okay. They're being arrested as juveniles, but they all know that eventually... They'll be tried as adults. adults. Yes, thank you. Thursday, June 14th, after the boys were arrested, Cecilia started to get scared. She finally admitted to her mom that Pam and Billy were having an affair. She told her mom she saw Pam and Billy having sex when she had stayed the night. Wow. At 10 p.m., Cecilia's mom called the dairy police and told them that she and Cecilia needed to talk to the lead detectives. 
They drove to Massachusetts and met with the detectives at a Friendly's restaurant. Oh. Yes. She told them everything <laughs> that they had already expected or suspected. Right. She, she told them everything. Uh, that Pam had pulled all the strings for Greg's murder from how she heard Pam and Billy plotting the murder, seeing Billy and Pam having adult aerobics, mm -hmm. to Pam even trying to teach Cecilia how to pass a polygraph. Oh, wow. Yes. Don't believe a polygraph, people. Huh. <laughs> the detectives decided they needed to get Pam on tape admitting to her role. And Cecilia was the only one who could bait Pam. Nice. They needed to bait her because they knew they weren't going to get it. They weren't going to get a confession from her any other way. On June 19th, Cecilia called Pam using a bugged phone. Oh. So I'm going to read the conversation, a little snippet of the conversation. Okay. And you can tell that Pam was already worried about being set up. Her lawyer had told her, you're, now make sure. You're probably going to, they're probably going to try yeah. and bait you. Make sure that you mind your P's and Q's right. because they're probably going to bug your phone and your house and all that stuff. Right. So I'm going to use our last names. Sure. Pierce, Cecilia Pierce. She says, hi, what are you doing? Smart says, ordering all of the stuff for next year. Pierce says, oh, listen. The Derry Police Department called me from the car phone. They're on their way here now to question me again. Smart says, why? Pierce says, they said they had more questions for me. Can you hear me? Smart says, yeah. Then there's Pierce. I don't know what to do. Smart, answer the questions. Pierce, what if they ask me again about you and Billy having an affair? Do you still want me to deny it? Smart says, well, we weren't. Pierce says, what? Smart says, we weren't. Pierce says, what? <laughs> Smart says, we weren't. Pierce says, no. So she's still going to deny she, it. She knows. Yeah. So then Pierce says again, this whole thing is so stupid. I wish you guys could just have gotten divorced instead. You know. Smart says, you wish that what? Pierce says that you guys just got divorced instead. It would have been so easy. Smart says, well, anyways, all right. Uh, I guess I'll just talk to you later. And Pierce says, is Patty there or something? Smart says, no, but I don't know whether my phone is tapped, you know. I really want to start using the 80s Valley Girl sure. thing. I should have started from the beginning with that. The entire, sh yeah, the yeah. entire recording. So that was the end of the first recording. Okay. Or the first phone call. So she then, Cecilia goes on to tell her, I'll call you back after the cops leave. But then immediately the phone rings again and it's Pamela. Okay. Smart says, they'll just leave you alone too. You know what I mean. They're just doing part of their job. And that's just, you know, if I don't know what the guys are saying. I doubt, you know, according to Mrs. Flynn, like that no one is confessing and that they're all sitting around saying they didn't do it. So, I mean, I'm sure that the police are saying Jr. and Bill said that you did it. You know what I mean? Or whatever, you know, and trying to get everybody to confess. But that has nothing to do with you. You're not on trial. You know what I mean? 
Pierce says, yeah. Then Smart says, they're on trial and that's it. And so you just, you know, answer the questions and that's it. They're going to try and get you to talk and to confess. And you know they're going to say, we know you know, and all that. You know, try and make you nervous. But all you have to do is just maintain the same story. (laughs) So then Pierce says, well, obviously Bill and them must, must not be saying anything or we would have been arrested already. Smart says, we, well, I don't know what they're saying. Pierce says, yeah. Smart says, that's the thing. If they're saying that we knew, then the police can't bust us because we're saying that we didn't know. And that's it. You know what I mean? Pierce says, yeah. Smart says, you can't have proof of somebody or someone knowing. Pierce says, that's right. (laughs) Smart says, (laughs) and that's it, you know? Pierce says, it's all in our minds. Smart says, but what's going to happen is people start changing stories and getting nervous. Boy. That's the end of the second phone call. All I hear is nails (laughs) on a chalkboard. (laughs) So they're not getting anything from bugging, from tapping into the phone lines. And then there was a third. There was a third one. But it was so bad that they couldn't even, it was inadmissible in court. Oh, okay. Yeah. So I think the first two phone calls just go to show you that Pam was not going to admit to anything, kind of knew that something was up, and she was just going to play the innocent victim. She was. Yeah. Allegedly. <laughs> so the second phone conversation lasted six minutes. So, and they were... A valley girl talk. <laughs> yes. That's just horrible And both phone hear. calls were less than incriminating, obviously. Right. I mean, I just read that to you guys, and I know that I read it funny, but... I'm sure that's what it sounded like. I'm sure that's what it sounded like. But I just wanted you to see, there was nothing. Right. There was nothing they could get out of that. Yeah. Following the arrest, Pam had to walk on eggshells. If she went after the boys, they could turn on her. She even sent Billy an anonymous tape in prison with all of his favorite songs on it. The first song being... Too Hot for Teacher by Van Halen. Wow. Why in the world would she have sent him a tape with Too Hot for Teacher? That's so cool that she sent him a mixtape. <laughs> that's that's a very late 80s, 90s thing to do. But that song is so great. And now I can't even think of that song without thinking of Pamela. Too Hot for Teacher. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> Even Greg's parents weren't convinced of Pam's innocence anymore. After a few arguments on the phone, Judy Smart was able to get Pam to say that she thought that, I think Billy was in love with me, is what Pamela told Greg's mother. Wow. Yeah. Judy knew from that moment that Pam had something to do with the murder. It like clicked in her head. Sure. A couple weeks later, Pam lawyered up. Like, officially lawyered up. Okay. Like, got two very high-profile defense attorneys. All right. The detectives were no longer getting anything from Pam. Not that they were getting much anyways, but she had stopped all communication with the police. They decided another wired, wired phone call was too sketchy, because she obviously knew. So they decided a face-to-face between Cecilia and Pam was the only way, 
and Cecilia would be wired. Wired. Yeah. Thursday, July 12th, Cecilia was wired up and drove to Pam's office. But (laughs) it's in July. She's wired up, but it's not wires that we have today. It's like they went to Radio Shack. Right. And got Like big ass cords. (laughs) Yes. Sure. So Cecilia had to wear a huge sweatshirt. Right. In in July. And like she and Pam are really touchy feely and huggy and then try to like maneuver herself so that Pam didn't feel all the wires on her. Oh my gosh. (laughs) I can't even imagine. So that first conversation did not give the police anything that they needed to arrest her. It just didn't work. So then the next day on Friday, July 13th, Cecilia was wired again and driven to Pam's office. Well, she drove herself to Pam's office. And then Pam got in her car. And finally, after minutes of useless information or conversation, they struck gold. So I'm going to read awesome. to you. Are you going <laughs> to do it? And it's a little in, bit longer. Is it going to be in a Valley Girl accent? It is going to be in a Valley oh, Girl sweet. accent, but I kind of feel like that. It has to be. It has to yeah. be, right? All right. Go yes. for it. Okay. Smart. She says. They're going to be on trial for murder, you know. They're not going to be believing you and them. All they want to know is, is there anybody else that knew about this before it happened? Because if there is, then they can really bag them, you know? But that's a thing. So I don't know, you know? I mean, I wish this wasn't the circumstances. You know I hate the fact that you have to be interviewed. I hate the fact that you're scared. I hate the fact that you're probably going to have to take a lie detector test, but I don't know what to tell you. If I thought you told the truth, it was going to do you any good, that's one thing, but it's not. If you tell the truth, you cannot change what you know. You know? You can't. And if you tell the fucking truth, you are probably going to be arrested. And even if you're not arrested, you're going to have to go and you're going to have to send Bill. You're going to have to send Pete. You're going to have to send JR and you're going to have to send me to the fucking slammer for the rest of our entire life. And unfortunately, that's the situation you're in. And not only that, but your parents are going to be like, fucking Cecilia, you know, what the hell? I mean, I think your parents will get over the fact that you decided you didn't want to take a lie detector test, but I don't think they will ever get over the fact for the next two years, you're going to be going to trials, sending everybody up. You know, to the slammer for the rest. I'm just saying. (laughs) That was the gold that they got. Gotcha. Yeah. So if you read between the lines, she is saying, if you talk, you are sending everybody to jail. Right. Sorry about the cuss words, but I'm reading what this 22-year-old said. (laughs) On Wednesday, August 1st, 1990, the police had their warrant to arrest Pam. Around 1 o'clock, Pam was arrested for first-degree murder in her office across the street from Winnicuttit High School. Nice. Yeah, she had no idea this was coming. Uh Uh-oh. Absolutely no idea. She thought they had come in her office to give her more information about what was going on. And they were like, well, I got some good news and some bad news. (laughs) And the bad news is you're going to prison (laughs) or we're arresting you. Twelve days later, the judge ordered Pam held without bond due to the damning evidence on the recorded tapes. 
She was indicted the next day with the charge of accomplice to first degree murder, conspiracy to commit murder, and witness tampering. Oh, wow. Pamela's arrest was huge news. Her story was on every supermarket tabloid after that. The murder was featured on such TV gems as A Current Affair, Hard Copy, Sally Jesse Raphael, Geraldo Rivera's show, and even Entertainment Tonight. Do you remember that? It'd come on, you'd be like, yes. Here it comes. Here it comes. All right. Even Cecilia was getting in on the action. She was interviewed by a current affair who paid her $300 for her interview. Wow. And hard copy, which paid her $1,000 for her interview. That's good money. She sold the rights to her story to a film company for $2,000 and would receive a hundred grand if a movie was ever made. Wow. Yeah. In interviews, Pam was still denying her affair with Billy. Well, yeah, she has to. Yeah, she does. She swore up and down that Greg had never hit her, that she didn't want to talk badly about the boys because they might have been falsely accused like her. Right. I think she was trying to spin this all onto Cecilia. That's, that's probably that maybe Cecilia was in love with Billy and felt like Pam caused him to do this. And that if Billy was in jail, then Pam should be too. That was another thing that she spun. Right. The boys still were refusing to turn on one another or Pam until January 22nd, 1991. Pete Randall cut a deal Uh with the state to testify against Pam. J.R. and Billy then followed suit. In exchange for their testimony and to plead guilty to second-degree murder, the state promised to recommend reduced sentences. Billy and Pete would receive 40 years in prison with 12 deferred for good behavior. JR would get 30 years with 12 deferred. Once the boys started talking, a wealth of information came out. Pete told them that his mom, Patricia, had hidden the dark pillowcase that had the sunglasses, the DVDs, the fake jewelry, all of that. Right. She had hidden it in a hole in the wall behind some insulation. Why would she do that? Exactly. What? And then the Latamies had found the box of ammunition under JR's bed and had hid it. Oh, wow. So yeah. the parents kind of, they, they wanted to cover for their boys. Exactly. Holy and so crap. why didn't they get any tampering charges. Right. Like they were hiding evidence. That's huge. Yeah, because had they found those items, it would have been over a lot sooner. Right, because Greg's blood would have been in the bag and then they would have found the exact bullets. Oh, damn. I know, I know. And I had thought reading the book that the parents were like fully helping the police. And then when you read that, it's like, oh, okay. Wow. I get it. The same day that they had begun talking, Raymond Fowler was finally arrested. He'd been out the whole time. They almost kind of, it was like out of sight, out of mind. Forgot about him. Yeah, almost like they forgot about him. Yeah. So then once the boys started talking, they were like, oh, oh, we got to go get that other kid. (laughs) (laughs) We got to go get the kid that's up in Maine. I feel like someone's missing. Yeah. So he was arrested for attempted murder, conspiracy, and tampering with evidence. Dang. Yeah. So- Pam 
finally admitted to the affair. About time. A few days before the trial began. Oh my gosh. Yeah, she finally she finally said something. How embarrassing. I mean, being not only her lawyer, but like her parents and denying and denying and denying and then sticking up for your child, sticking up for your client. And then she's like, oh, by the way, just this might not mean anything. This might not be that big of a deal, but I was having a sexual relationship with that boy. And that's when the tabloids and all these different news people lost their bloody minds. Oh, heck yeah. So the trial of Pamela Smart began on Tuesday, March 5th, 1991 at 9.30 a.m. in Exeter, New Hampshire. There were two cameras set up in the back of the courtroom, a camera for the Boston stations and a camera from Massachusetts or from Manchester's WMUR, which covered the trial live and it was aired instead of the soap operas. Wow. But this is the first official trial that had video cameras. Right. Videoing it. Nonstop Mm -hmm. film. Yeah. The boys all testified against Pam, painting her as a manipulator and mastermind. And Billy saying under oath that, quote unquote, as long as I didn't kill Greg for Pam, I couldn't be with Pam. She threatened to break up with me. And then Pam's attorney asked him, the only reason that you killed Greg is because you loved Pam? Is that what you are saying? Billy says, no, it's because Pam told me to and I loved her. Uh-oh. Yeah. Yeah. It's the sound of the bus starting up and him driving over her with it. <laughs> yes. Cecilia was called to the stand on Friday, March 15th. She, corrobor- she corroborated Oh my goodness, Melissa. That word. She corroborated Billy's story of the affair, watching nine and a half weeks and catching them in a sexual act. On Monday, March 18th, Pam finally took the stand in her own defense. She talked about her marriage, Greg's affair, her job, and the affair with Billy. But Pam's date of their first sexual encounter, she was saying it was on March 24th which made Billy 16 at the time. Right. And not 15 in Billy and Cecilia's recollection. Hmm. So as long as he was 16, he was old enough for consent. If he was 15. So it's not statutory rape. Yes. That's very interesting. So they, they had to go with that? They didn't, they couldn't prove that it was when he was 15? Yeah, so with Billy being 16, Pam's version made him too old for her to be charged with felonious sexual assault. Oh, boy. So he was too old to add that on to her long list of things she was being prosecuted for. She said she kept trying to end the affair, but Billy would threaten suicide. In the last week of April, a few days before the murder, she broke up with Billy for good. She admitted to everything the boys had said, but twisted it a bit to fit her own narrative. Sure. So she was really smart. Yeah, it sounds like it. Like, and smart with words. Like she could twist things that anybody was saying to make herself look not guilty. Right. And that she knew nothing about the murder. 
She also said that in the recorded audio conversations with Cecilia, she was trying to goat Cecilia into admitting that she knew more about the murders. If Pam sounded like she knew more about the murders, then Cecilia would give up more information. Gotcha. So she's Pam saying she was trying to help the police. Sure. <laughs> yes. Yeah. She was playing a game with Cecilia to try to get information for the police. It was all a game. Yeah. All those, record, those recorded conversations was just her playing a game. On Wednesday afternoon, after closing arguments, the case was given over to the jury. The trial had lasted 14 days. March 22nd at 12.55 p.m., the jury had a verdict. Conspiracy to commit murder. Guilty. Accomplice to first-degree murder. Guilty. Tampering with a witness. Guilty. In accordance with New Hampshire law, Pam was sent to prison for the rest of her life with no chance of parole. Ouch. Yes, at 23 years old. Ouch. Yep. So it wouldn't have really mattered about the rape charge anyway. No, I mean, they just would have tacked it on. Right. Yeah. Wowzers. She's a dunzo. Gone. Hmm. Into prison. Court TV was created because of this case. Because even though this was just aired in New Hampshire, it got so big that it started being aired in other states. They probably got way better ratings from that just airing that than whatever was regularly Yeah, the soap operas. They got like double the ratings, double of the viewership than soap operas at the time. I bet. Yeah. Now, the original most watched trial that put the network on the map was the Menendez brothers. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that was the first one. Yeah. And then they did O.J. Simpson. Right. Casey Anthony, Bill Cosby, Jody Arias, which I got to cover Jody Arias. And then my favorite. Favorite. Is Betty Broderick. They covered her second trial. And where was she? She, Betty Broderick in San Diego. Oh, okay. My hometown. Gotcha. So, you know, I got to love me some Betty. Sure. Yeah. Actually, Court TV now has a podcast. Really? Yeah. Which I was just reading about it. So they go through all of their old trials. Wow. I know. How smart is that? It's like somebody else thought of it. Super smart. So check out Court TV podcast. I've never, I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm, I'm going to add it to my library. There you go. Sure. Billy Flynn was released on June 4th, 2015, after serving 25 years. Wow. Mm -hmm. He promised Greg's family he would avoid the media. Yeah. Yeah. Seems reasonable. Pete Randall was paroled on June 4th, 2015, after serving 25 years. He, too, complied with the smarts request of no media. media. Hmm. Mm-hmm. J.R. Latimee was released on parole on August 8th, 2015. Raymond Fowler spent 12 years in prison and was paroled on April 3rd, 2003. So he served the least amount of time. Gotcha. Cecilia Pierce became a registered nurse and got married and has kids. Wow. Mm -hmm. Pamela Smart is serving her life sentence at the Maximum Security Bedford Hills Correctional Facility for Women in Westchester County in New York. 
she's exhausted all of her appeals and is hoping for a presidential pardon. Hey, you never know. (laughs) She tries. Plenty of people get pardoned. She tries every time. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. So I got all of my information. Well, I mean, I read a lot of different articles. Yeah. Wikipedia pages. But and a couple books, but my favorite book, the one I feel like I got my most of my information out of is called Teach Me to Kill, the shocking true story of the Pamela Smart murder case by Stephen Sawicki. Cool. Yeah. So I wanted to give that book a shout out. If you really reading this book gives you a lot more information, obviously, than I can and a lot more conversations that happen between everybody. If you want more information about this case, it's on Amazon. And if you have Kindle, it's free. Yeah. I think. I I don't don't think I paid for it. Oh. And then there is a movie that is based on this case that came out in 1995. And it's called To Die For. Oh, so did that mom get the 100 grand? Oh, Cecilia? Yeah. No, because it's just, um, it was inspired. Ah. It wasn't based on, I need to correct myself. This movie was inspired by the Greg and Pamela Smart case. Yes. So it's based on a book by Joyce Maynard. I haven't read that book, but I have seen the movie. Nicole Kidman is in it and Joaquin Phoenix. Oh, wow. And it's good. I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's good. It's, It's not directly like the Pamela Smart case, but you can tell where they pulled little pieces of it. I'm done. Oh, I'm done. That's a lot. (laughs) It was a much bigger case than I had anticipated. Because I felt like I already knew most of it. But when you get into the meat of it, it was was interesting. It's very meaty. It was very (laughs) meaty. Yes. So the next few cases I'm going to give you are just maybe ones you haven't heard of and just kind of small and... I wouldn't, I don't want to say entertaining, but we're going to go little for a little while and then I'm going to go big. Sure. I got another big one I'm working on right big now. One. Uh, anything else you want to say? I think that was it. I just want to thank everybody. Yeah. Thank everybody who's been listening and who's been asking for episode three and just giving us such great feedback. Thank you. And making me feel like maybe, maybe we're good at this. <laughs> Well, you are. I don't know. I'm just <laughs> no. here. I mean, not, you know, I don't know. Like we are having fun. And I think it That's comes it. across that we're having fun That's it. doing this. Please follow us on Instagram. Yep. Please rate and review us. That is what really helps us. And we, our website is, uh, what is our website? Till death do us part podcast.com. Yep. We are up on YouTube. So you can you can watch by listening or listen by watching. Yes. And I didn't realize that. I didn't realize people listen to podcasts by watching them on YouTube. I didn't either because yeah. I just always listen to my podcasts on my phone. Right. But now knowing you can go to YouTube and a bunch yep. of true crime podcasts do uh, YouTube. Yeah. Is that it? I think so. I think that's it. We're not selling merch. No. <laughs> That's what everybody tries to do. And we're always the trying to work the kinks out, so any constructive criticism is appreciated. Yes, but be nice. Well, 
yeah. Constructive criticism can be nice. Yeah. <laughs> okay. It can be. Be careful, for marriage is a life sentence. Yep. The, the longest sentence ever. Yeah, just ask Pam Smart. <laughs> just ask her. <laughs> it's been a life sentence for her, for sure. All right, yeah. till next time. All right, bye. Bye. Bye.